0: The only way to respond to a problem is by rejoicing. Amen. That's your way of responding to problems. You know, think about it. Paul and Silas, they are in prison. It's dark. It's gloomy. They're chained. They probably didn't get dinner. They were beaten by rods. The joy of the Lord. And They start singing. They start singing. They start singing. We don't sing for the chains to fall. We sing because the chains have fallen. Amen? So you can break your way. You can break your way from depression by joy. Did you know that force to joy is better than genuine depression? Oh, I'm genuinely depressed. Force to joy is better than genuine depression. You know, the thing is, we like holding, our, holding a pity party, hosting it, being the queen of the pity party and be like, my life is bad. Everything is bad. I'm feeling sick. My nose is running. I was having back pain. It's true. All of it is true. But don't hold a pity party. You can break your way into victory by joy. Break your way into victory because victory is your portion. Healing is your portion. Amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. If you're missing joy, you're missing one third of the kingdom. And that's a lot that you're missing. Amen. So don't miss out on joy. Amen. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, the joy of the Lord is here. So smile. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to be in the house of God. Uh, Such a blessing God has, you know. Uh, Every time we come to church, there's a corporate anointing that's there. You're anointed? Yes. But fellowship brings a corporate anointing. Amen. Uh, Where I lack, you fill in. Where you lack, like, somebody else fills in. There's a corporate anointing. And we stand together in oneness, in unity. We stand together declaring the name of Jesus. Amen. I love that last declaration uh, in Ephesians 2. It says, we are built together into a holy temple to be a dwelling place for God. We are built together. Together. Amen? We need each other. I need you as much as you need me. We need each other. We are built together. Amen? It's not just me and Jesus. We and Jesus. Amen? We need each other. Amen? there's, There's a corporate anointing that flows in fellowship. So, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints. A very good example that is here in front of you is Jerin, who comes here almost every month from Dubai because he does not want to neglect the gathering of the saints. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints. There's a blessing. There's definitely a blessing. Amen? Amen. Come with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1, verse 16. Are you with me? What does it say? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is a power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Next verse. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Say with me, the righteous shall live by faith. Once again, the righteous shall live by faith. Are you righteous? Then you shall live by faith. It's not the salary. It's not the bread. It's not the food. We live by faith. The righteous shall not live by salary. (laughs) Yeah, you you receive your salary in the beginning of the month and by the end you're waiting. No, for faith to work. No, the righteous shall live by faith to faith. The same faith that that works at the end of the month will also work for the beginning of the month. Amen. The righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Have you thought why Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel? Is there something to be ashamed of? Why did he use that term? I am not ashamed of the gospel. Of course, none of us are ashamed of the gospel. But why did he use that term, ashamed of the gospel? Who will be ashamed of the gospel? What is the meaning of gospel? Gospel is good news. Good news of what? Good news of Jesus. So why would Paul say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Could it be that some people were ashamed of the gospel? Why do you think they were ashamed of the gospel? Because if you think about it, when you you hear the word gospel, what is the picture that comes into your mind? Jesus on the cross. How was Jesus on the cross? Naked beaten bruised he took your shame he took your healing oh he took your shame he took your sickness he took your sin he took your guilt he took your weeping he took everything on himself so if you look at the picture of the cross the picture of the cross without jesus just just the picture of the cross without the context of Jesus, the picture of the cross is something to be ashamed of. It's like, you know, in India, if you are convicted and you are to be hanged, so what they do is they have a rope where you get hanged, right? I think in the US, it's the electric chair. The electric chair and that rope are not things to be boasted on, as shameful things, cross. Cross was used as a symbol of death penalty by the Romans. Cross was not something to be boasted upon; it was something to be ashamed of. If somebody was on the cross, oh man, that's my, that's my uncle, that's my brother. Nobody would say, "Hey, my uncle is on the cross." They'll be ashamed of it. And the and the Romans did it as a public declaration that you dare not do what they did or we will publicly crucify him. They're making an example of their punishment. God uses the worst punishment that's out there in the world, the worst shame that's out there in the world and redeems it as much as Jesus redeemed you by the cross, Jesus redeemed the cross, that no longer remains a symbol of shame, it remains a symbol of glory and redemption. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the cross. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It is a Power of God. Power of God unto salvation. You know, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says, So the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is a power of God to those who believe. Message of the cross Gospel is the message of the cross which has become the power of God unto salvation. Which has become the power of God. Power of God. You want to see the power of God? The gospel. Gospel is the power of God. Good news, the proclamation of Jesus' victory on the cross is the power of God unto salvation. You know, gospel the word gospel is a very complex term because it means too good to be true it's a news that is too good to be true so just have a picture with me like imagine with me you know there was there's an army that is coming against you the army is massive in number they have the latest technology to attack you and you're a small number There was no hope. But somehow you win the battle. Then somebody comes from the battlefields proclaiming the gospel. Hey, we have won the battle. Everybody who is waiting, they never expected to hear the good news. Why? It is too good to be true. Gospel is too good to be true. Good news. You have won. Jesus has won the victory on your behalf. You have won the victory. So when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power of God unto salvation. Gospel is the power. So how do, you, how do you tap into this power? If gospel is the power, how do you tap into this power? What is gospel? Good news. What do you do with the good news? You proclaim it. You proclaim it. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. What is the criteria for the power of God to show? You need to believe. If you believe and you proclaim the gospel, the power of God starts working in your life. Gospel will not work unless you don't. Of course, you don't believe and unless you don't proclaim it. The speaker, the subwoofer here, it's meant to throw sound of very low frequencies. That's its job. But for it to throw a sound, you need to play music. Without playing music, you can't expect the sound to come. It has a potential to throw sound. Its objective and its design is to throw sound, but you need to play Music. The gospel has the power of God unto salvation, but you need to proclaim it by faith. Proclaim it by faith. The very same gospel that you believed in Jesus is the very same gospel that you need for your daily life. It's the very same gospel. Let me show you a verse. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Which mountain did you go to receive Jesus the Lord? Which tree did you climb? How many times did you take a dip in the river? We did nothing. How did you receive Jesus? By faith. By believing what God has done through Jesus on the cross. By believing in his death. By believing in his resurrection. You received Jesus. So walk in him. How do you live your daily life? How do you live your daily life? See how did you receive Jesus? By believing that Jesus has redeemed everything on the cross. Right? And he has been resurrected. So you believe that and you receive Jesus. How do you go to your office? By believing the same thing. That Jesus who has redeemed my sins has also redeemed my job. Has also also blessed my job. Jesus who has forgiven my sins has also blessed my activities. Has blessed my career has blessed my projects. So everything that I touch prospers. Everything I touch has the power of God unto salvation. Proclaim the gospel. See it in your daily life. Salvation, the word over here, comes from the Greek word "soterio." You know what it means? It just doesn't mean heaven. Salvation means... It means welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, safety. What does salvation mean? Welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, safety. If you are in heaven, you don't need preservation. If you are in heaven, you don't need deliverance. You get it? You need salvation here. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Psalms 91 verse 16 says, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It will take a long life for you to see God's salvation. Meaning, there's so much in God's salvation, that it will take a very long life for you to see his salvation. I want to say this over the young and the old who think that you have seen enough of life and you're waiting for the Lord to take you on the sweet shores of heavens can I say long life you need long life To see God's salvation. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Long life. 120 years old, you're young. After that you become older. Till 120 years old, Moses' eyes were not dim. His feet were not feeble. And he could walk up the mountain. 120 years old should be your reference point for young life. I don't know anybody who is more than 120 years old. So you're all young. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. What's next? He redeems your life. Before that, he says he crowns you with love and mercy. He redeems your life. Okay, and then he renews your strength like the youth. He renews your strength. There shall be no weak, no feeble, no old person in the kingdom. Because he renews your strength. You don't... See, in the kingdom, please understand. Kingdom is very opposite to the world. In the kingdom, you grow not from strength to weakness. You grow from strength to strength. The just shall live by faith. You started your journey in faith, you ended in faith. You move from strength to strength. You move from glory to glory. I am 35 years old. That means I have moved from strength to strength. And there's more strength for me to tap into. Some of you guys, the moment you reach 30, you have midlife crisis. I reject that. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You shall move from strength to strength. From strength to strength. Do we have Naresh uncle here today? I don't, I don't. Yes, we do. Naresh uncle is, oh yes, yes. Thank you uncle. Naresh uncle is above 80, right? What would you call him? Is he old? He's young. He's young like Caleb, who was 85 years old, who said, give me this mountain, Amen. for I have the strength of the 40-year-old. Amen. We move from strength to strength. The gospel has the power unto salvation. Has the power unto salvation. The gospel is not just forgiveness of sins. The gospel is a power unto Salvation. You shall be preserved from sickness. You shall be preserved from decay. The power unto salvation. You shall be preserved from the effects of time. Amen. You shall be preserved. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I am excited. (laughs) Because we have such a glorious, glorious future. Right? We have such a glorious future. Next year is going to be even more exciting. Amen. right This year, God has done amazing things, man, impossible things we have seen. God has done it. We have seen crazy miracles, but next year is going to be even more amazing. Yeah? yeah? We don't care what the news says because news only says what it sees. We say what we see by faith. The just shall live by faith. Don't live by news, live by faith. You have faith when you hear God's word. You have fear when you hear CNN. Or you hear Z News, BBC, have faith. The just shall live by faith. Your life is glorious. And it is moving from one degree of glory into another. Amen. Just because you had a child, can I tell you this? Your fun times are not over. It has become even more glorious. Just because you got married, your fun time is not over. It has become more glorious. Responsibility does not mean that your times of delight and your times of enjoying is over. Responsibility adds another dimension of delight. Did you know that? The world will tell you, don't get married. Why are you getting married? It adds too much of responsibility, too much of pressure. Why are you having children so early? Don't wait for it. Can I say, children are a heritage from the Lord. He who finds a good wife, finds favor. So reject those thoughts. Take on responsibilities. Be responsible because it's a delight from the Lord. Amen? (laughs) you're moving from glory to glory amen so i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god unto salvation the gospel starts releasing the power of god unto salvation when i start declaring it if i can believe and i start declaring it the gospel starts releasing the power of god how does faith come how does believing come by hearing so when you hear, faith comes. When you speak, faith works. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. The same spirit of faith. We have received the same spirit of faith. Let's read that portion. <laughs> second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We have received the same spirit of faith that speaks. Okay. What's 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13? Could you put that one on the screen? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we also speak. So if you believe, you will speak. You will not remain silent. If you believe, you will speak. The spirit of faith speaks. So faith comes by hearing and it works. Amen. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. See, the devil does not want us to proclaim the gospel because the gospel has the power of God. Amen. So if you hear, faith comes. But faith works by speaking. So hear the word of God. Let the word of God germinate in your life. Right? Till you can speak the word of God. Don't unnecessarily open your mouth to speak unnecessary nonsense. Speak God's word. Amen. When you speak God's word, you're proclaiming the gospel. And the gospel has the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Now, what does the gospel say? That everything that you're ashamed of, everything that needs to be redeemed, everything that you're guilty of has been taken care of in the cross. You have to make it practical, not just for the forgiveness of sins. You have to make it practical for your daily life. So when you go to office and you know that there's an important meeting and you're the one who has to present it and you are scared, look at the cross has been redeemed. You're no longer scared. You are righteous. And the righteous are bold as a lion. So you are confident. That confidence comes from the Lord. Amen? Amen. When people come and tell you, you know, this company is going down and people are just being laid off, you don't care. Why? Because you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay. In the wilderness, God gave manna to his people. Manna is known as the food of angels. Did you know that? Okay now is manna physical or spiritual spiritual food of angels became physical food for the people to eat anything in the spiritual has a capacity to come become physical by faith we understand that the physical world was created from the spiritual world everything that you see in the physical comes from the spiritual world faith brings an understanding reasoning does not bring that understanding common sense will not give you that understanding it's an understanding that comes by faith faith gives you an understanding i have no money in the bank account no problem I have been laid off, no problem. But man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I live on God's word. I live by faith. Everything that I need for a life of godliness has been provided for me because God's word has come to me. So I'm not waiting for circumstances to change. I'm waiting on God's word to come and become the physical the physical thing that I need in my life. The word has a capacity to become whatever you want. The spiritual word has a capacity to become whatever you want. Whatever you need. Because it is that spiritual word that created the entire cosmos. Earth was created by his word. Animals were created by his Word, you were created by his word, so anything in the physical is created by his word. So don't wait for circumstances to change, wait for God's word. And once you get that word, you know that faith brings an understanding that that word is enough. Is enough, amen. So for, for far long, our emotions are dependent on circumstances. If the circumstances are good, I'll be happy. If the circumstances are bad, I'll be sad. If my bank balance is good, I'll rejoice because I can go to KFC and buy a chicken which is fried. <laughs> Don't rejoice seeing the KFC. Rejoice for your name is written in heaven. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Don't let circumstances define your mood. Don't keep saying, I have mood swings. Oh, I have mood swings. I have hormonal issues. I have... Don't, don't keep confessing things that you don't need to confess. You don't have mood swings. You are the righteousness of God. Emotions are in your control. They don't rule you. They don't overpower you. You know why? Because Jesus has redeemed you, has delivered you. If emotions are ruling over your life, Jesus has redeemed you from that. Everything is beneath you. I have swings. I have pain in my back. It keeps coming. But do you know that you have the power of God unto salvation? So stop hosting a kitty party. Throw your guests away. Tell them to get out. Those guests of fear, guilt, shame, condemnation. Oh, it's okay. We far so long become so victim minded in our. Pity in our misery. That we love it. We enjoy it. We want to gain sympathy from people. <coughs> you know, I'm sick. Yeah, I've been, I've been sick. It's, it's been really bad. I couldn't sleep. Do you relate to it? You like doing that. You like sympathy. You like when people are like, oh, oh oh my darling, oh, so weak and so fragile, what can I do for you? Don't remain victim minded. You have been delivered. Amen. See, I'm not negating what you feel. I'm not negating what you're experiencing. But what I'm trying to say is, don't remain victim minded in your circumstances. Get, Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. I might be sick. My back might be hurting. But I'm not going to let it dictate me what to feel. I want one of you to just search. What's the verse that says, though the fig trees don't blossom? That verse, okay? Yes, I know Habakkuk. Let's show that verse. Don't let anything dictate your life. Don't let anything... Only Jesus gets to dictate your life. Amen? See, like Alvin was saying, all his life he kept saying, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert. Did God say that you're an introvert? You are what the word says. You are created from God's word. The gospel has the power of God unto Salvation. Let's look at this verse. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. It says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the wines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. Flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Everything is negative. Okay? No fruit, no sheep, no chicken, nothing. Everything is negative. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Your joy is not in the chicken. Your joy isn't in the God of my salvation. I take joy. I will rejoice. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Don't let your circumstances define what you feel. Don't let your circumstances define your mindset. Don't let your circumstances define who you are. You have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. You are chosen to be holy and blameless. And God says, I have accepted you. You are created for good works. God says, you are my masterpiece. How dare you say That you are weak. That you are a sinner. That you are a worm. How dare you say that? I have redeemed you. You are no longer a sinner. You are righteous. You are not righteous because of what you have done. You are righteous because of what Jesus has done. Righteousness has become your identity. Come with me. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. It says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. In what? In the gospel. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. What is the righteousness of God? The righteousness of God is the nature of God. The righteousness of God is His nature righteousness and justice comes from the same word which is to make things right to set things right so if there's anything that is wrong it is in god's nature to set things right because the justice of god just does not you know we we misunderstand justice we think justice is punishment justice is not punishment justice is restoration god's justice is restoration righteousness is to make things right in your life. If there's anything that is wrong, it can make things right. That's the nature of God. That nature of God has been imputed into you. For Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness has been credited into your account. You did not do anything for it. An illustration. This is a 500 rupee note it is real i'll give to anybody who would i'll give to anybody who would like to take it from me <laughs> did you see that The gospel is available for all men. Salvation has appeared to all men. But you have to. When you receive it, righteousness is credited into your account. How do you receive it? By faith. You just receive it by faith. Righteousness has credited into your account. Without you doing anything. I have the righteousness of God. I received it by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Understand this. When I say that righteousness has been credited into your life, you don't just have righteousness. You have become righteousness. You see this? If you have righteousness, probably somebody can steal it from you tomorrow. But you have become righteousness. Your identity is the righteousness of God. You have become righteousness. You're no longer a sinner. You have become righteousness. You're no longer a sick person. You have become righteousness. You're no longer a weak, introvert, defiled person. You have become the righteousness of God. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. You want to walk in righteousness? Faith to faith, to faith, to faith. Why? Because righteousness is credited into your account. Amen. Great job, Sam. When Adam and Eve sinned, what is the first thing that they noticed? That they're naked. So because they were naked, what did they do? They hide. They they hid, right? They, They hid themselves. And they covered themselves with fig leaves. Do you notice that when God walks into the garden... They do not come confidently wearing fig leaves. They don't. What are they doing? They are hiding. Why? Because fig leaves can't hide your nakedness. Understand this. Fig leaves can't hide your nakedness. So what did God do? After God spoke to them and everything, God clothed them. As long as you try to clothe yourself, you will always be not enough. You will always be naked. You will always be hiding. You will always be ashamed. You will always be guilty. You will always be sick. But if you come to God confidently, naked, He will clothe you. Just imagine when God was clothing them, didn't God see their nakedness? And was God like, oh, I can't see that. It's not nakedness that separates us from God. It is fig leaves that separates us from God. Are you hearing my flow? Getting my flow? Fig leaves is self-righteousness. It's not sin that separates you from God. It's self-righteousness that you cover yourself with to hide your sin that separates you from God. If you come to God as you are, with your sin, with your sickness, with your weakness, He will heal you restore you and completely clothe you in glory but if you come to him by wearing fig leaves you will still feel ashamed take the fig leaves off come to him naked come to him as you are you know what I'm trying to say come to him as you are don't try to pretend that you are someone Just come to him as you are and the righteousness of God will be credited to your account. Let the righteousness of God heal you. Let the righteousness of God be your covering. Don't try to cover yourself in self-righteousness. I've done this. I've done that. Probably I'm so and so. But beneath all of that, We are trying to cover our sin. We are trying to cover our inability. We are are trying to cover our weakness just to show people that we are strong. But don't do that with God. Come to Him just as you are and He will clothe you with righteousness. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. All that is required For the righteousness of God to be credited into your life is for you to believe. Is to believe. Is to believe that when God looks at your nakedness, when God looks at your shame, when God looks at your sickness, you have to believe that God is still good and He will not turn His face away from you. You have to believe. You have to believe that God is good and that God will restore you. You have to believe. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that He exists. But understand, faith is not just about believing that God exists because demons also believe that God exists. The end of the verse says, And He is a good rewarder of those who seek Him. Demons cannot believe that God is a good rewarder. Do you know why demons cannot believe that God is a good, good rewarder? Have you ever thought of that? You know, once I was going for an exam and I took my dad's car. I was in a hurry and I was driving really fast. I saw the red light and I'm thinking, you know, we're in India, right? Who cares about red lights? And I'm thinking, should I stop or should I not? But then I see the see a police officer there. Right? But I see him quite late. So I I push, I push the brake real hard. The car stops. But the problem was there was a truck that was coming behind me, which was driving in the same momentum that I was driving. He couldn't, he couldn't stop. So what he did? He hit me from behind. Now, I was fortunate enough that the police officer saw that I got hit. So he comes and he's trying to resolve the issue. Now, inside the car, I'm scared. Because it's not my car, it's my dad's car. I'm scared. What what is my dad going to say? Because just a couple of weeks ago, the driver, you know, the driver used my dad's car And he bumped somewhere and my dad gave him a mouthful. If you know my dad, you'll know what I'm talking about. So that's the picture that's running in my head. I'm thinking, oh man, what is my dad going to say? But anyways, I have to tell him. So I call him. I tell dad, dad, I met with an accident. And the backside of the car is gone. The taillights are gone. Dad asked me. Are you okay? I said, yes. And he said, don't worry about it. Just go complete your exam and come. We'll look look into it later. And I was like relieved. Oh. Why did my dad say, don't worry about it? But to the driver, he was like, how dare you? Don't you have eyes? Do you call yourself a driver? The driver does not know that my father is a good rewarder. You know why? Because it takes a relationship to see the goodness of the father. Demons cannot see and believe that God is a good rewarder because it takes relationship. You and me, as sons and daughters of God, when we have relationship with God, we can see and taste the goodness of God. Can I tell you something? Goodness of God cannot be taught as a concept. I can tell you, God is good, God is amazing, and you repeat back to me, yes, all the time. But the goodness of God has a capacity to be tasted and experienced. Oh, taste and see... That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who put his trust in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just don't clap and see. You know, taste and see. When, when goodness happens to somebody else's life, partake in their joy and taste and see the goodness of God. Goodness of God, when you personally experience, is when you can believe that God is a good person rewarder without faith it is impossible to please god what does that mean that you cannot please god without believing that god is good so you can come to god by being naked you can come to god with your shame with your sickness with whatever issue that you have you know don't tell your issues to me tell it to god because you can come to him just as you are and if you can believe that he is good He's a good rewarder. You will see the righteousness of God coming into your life and setting everything right. Everything that needs to be made right will be set right. The righteousness of God. Amen. So when you come to God, don't cover yourself in fig leaves. Just come to Him, just as you are. You feel hopeless? It's fine, come to Him. You feel defeated? Come to Him. You feel sick? Come to Him, just as you are. But if you can believe that He is good and He is a good rewarder, you will not go back the same. You will not go back the same. You came defeated, but you left victorious. You came sick, but you left healed. You came sh- shameful, but you left glorious. Amen. It is all there in the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power of God unto salvation. Proclaim the gospel. Keep proclaiming the gospel. Proclaim the gospel over your life. Proclaim the gospel over your family. Proclaim the gospel in your workplaces. Proclaim the gospel where any place where you think you are weak, where you are low, where you find yourself inadequate. Proclaim the gospel and see the power of God bringing salvation. Amen? Because you have become the righteousness of God. Amen. Are you blessed?